Happy Monday, everyone. Hope everyone had a great weekend, and thanks for joining us here today. Uh, today we're going to talk about society. Uh, I'm going to kind of zoom out a little bit, and we're going to look at it from a macro perspective. But before we get into it, let's get into it. So, to start the conversation on society, I, I kind of want to frame it in the sense of kind of how I'm, I'm looking at it so you can understand and we'll take off from there. Um, basically, I, I'm not alone in the thinking, but it, it kind of seems like society is kind of falling apart. Uh, I might be reading too much into it. I might be a little dramatic about it, but it... it it's hard not to see comparisons to the fall of Rome. Uh, are we at the end of this version of society? And if we are, what does that mean? And to, to really start, I think we got to touch back on the fact that society is so fractionated. It is so broken into to just absolute polar sides and we've covered it before. It it really is by design. Uh, the the powers that be, the people in positions of influence, people like Justin Trudeau, they they have pushed division to a to a scary point. And we've covered it, and we will continue to cover it. But not just the people pushing it. You've got absolute people in positions to stand against it that just aren't. Uh, you see people like Aaron O'Toole or any of the federal leadership uh, trying to push back at all. There, there's no substantial pushback on any impactful level outside of the the niche people that that are fighting back, like like Roman Baber, the New Blue Party. You've got you've got microcosms of people pushing back, but nobody of any substantial power. And it it makes me question: Is it is it by design or is it just a, a byproduct of a terrible time? But to say that society was not at least in a, a strenuous position would would just be intellectually dishonest. We're absolutely going through it right now, and the question I, I look to explore. I'm not assigning uh, value to it, but but the question I'd like to explore is. Are we seeing the the final deterioration of this version of society? We've seen historically societies crumble, uh, and and I myself am guilty of basically thinking extinction level events. Like when I, when I think back to like fall of Rome, and as somebody who's not a giant history buff, I, I'm absolutely fascinated with understanding how things work. I don't have time or capacity to fully explore history like I'd like. So so I can own the fact that I am by far not a history major. But I look back at history and I, I look at the fall of Rome and, and I kind of view it as a, an extinction event. And I, I don't think I'm alone in that. When the truth is, it, it certainly wasn't. It, it was a tumultuous time. It was violent. Uh, but you saw one version of a society collapse and a, a replacement took over. I'm not saying either was healthy, but we, we tend to, to view this as such a, a finite event. Like 
This is the point at which it exploded, and it was gone, uh, much like the Twin Towers. When we're talking about something as, as intricate and, and nuanced as society, it, it just doesn't work like that. Yet, I find a lot of people think it kind of does. So, going into the conversation, we need to understand that we could quite literally be living through it as we speak and not know. And even if we see warning signs or we think, oh, this is a really tough time, we could still be wrong about it's happening now or it or when it does happen, because certainly we have not got it right completely and we will eventually fall to some folly. Nobody's perfect and man will inherently mess things up given enough time. So we need to understand that the, the concept of society collapsing as we know it is far less of an if question, but a when. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be to our detriment. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad collapse. We could see a in industrial revolution. We could see a technical revolution. We could see society revolutionized in a, in a good way. That would still mean the destruction of society as we know it. Given today's climate, I, I certainly don't have the optimism to see it land on, on the good side of that. But the fact is, society will revolutionize, either in progress or regress. One way or another, whether we like it or not, no matter what input we put into the system, it, it will happen. You might be able to buy some time, but sooner or later, this version of society will fall. Now, we look at all the things going wrong right now, and it's it's easy to kind of think that, yeah, this is this is definitely a downturn. And I'm going to try not to let that cloud my judgment too much. Uh, certainly, I, I'm going to be a little bit of a confirmation bias towards that way. But I also see a counterswing. Uh, and, and I think naturally, when you look at failed societies, it, it does have like a, a flailing aspect to it, where you're seeing basically the pendulum in its final back and forth motions before it comes to, to just dead rest. Uh, you're seeing a more rapid back and forth and we could be, we could be circling the drain. Now, why do I say that? Not just the fact that we are approaching uncorrectable authoritarian measures. It really does seem like we are learning history firsthand um, with all the mandates and madness going on from the government. I fully expect we'll see f more of that. Um, and that, that in itself could change our society permanently. If, say, the conspiracy theorists are right and we fall to some form of communism or tyranny of any form, whether it's a great reset or just a government takeover, more or less, that that would that would topple our society. We would we would be then living in a in a new version of whatever society would resemble. But I, I think it goes much deeper than than honestly the last two years. I think society has been sick. For, for really decades 
I think if you look at culture and, and the erosion of fundamental aspects of, of modern life, uh, it's pretty hard not to see many different avenues that have all been after the same target. And then you look at that, and for myself, it, it's difficult to not think that it's almost in unison. It's almost as if it was planned that way. Now, if you look at, you go back to the 90s, where, or even the 80s, really, where you saw the rise of feminism. And, and I don't want that to be mistaken. I, I fully support equal rights. I, I think that some of the past is, is abhorrent. Uh, women certainly should be able to vote. And they should be able to have a job if, if they so choose. But I think that whole movement almost went too far. We're now living in a society that you could not, the average person cannot run a household. They can't feed a family off of one income with a, a mother at home. And, and I don't say that in some, this is how it needs to be. I say that in looking at the quote-unquote nuclear family, knowing that, one, some women want to be at home. There, there's value to the family and to the mother to be at home. That's not for everyone. But we're at a point now where unless you have, as a husband, have a fairly sustainable job, you really at this point need to be making six figures or more to, to sustain a family of four and be the sole breadwinner. And that has had a huge toll on the family. You've got less parental interaction with kids. You have less supervision and less just role modeling. And it, again, it, we this is another one of the problems where we can look back at those problems, contrast them to today's problems, and it, it always stems from a moral or virtuous place. Certainly, we all want equal rights. Women absolutely should be in the workplace. And these are things I truly believe. I, I do not want... It's, this is the problem with taking on difficult conversations is I don't want them to be taken out of context. So I will go far out of my way to make sure that my words can't be bastardized into a misconstrued perspective. So especially for, for topics like this, you're, you're just going to have to bear with me as I really harp on how I'm trying to frame this. But you, you, you frame these social dilemmas in, in moral or virtuous cladding, and it becomes something you cannot really object to. Uh, we see this with, with the group, Black Lives Matter. Uh, most of us can acknowledge now that the statement, Black Lives Matter, absolutely is valid. It is something we should take time for and, and acknowledge. But how it was manifested, and then further the group, Black Lives Matter, which ended up funneling monetary donations to a single political party within the states, and the group itself, self-admittedly, is a Marxist organization. So... You can see how it works, and it, they, it's the same playbook every time. And they, they, they clad it in this unattackable shell. 
But by not allowing conversation or discussion about it or or really objection, you don't look at the repercussions it has. Uh, certainly, the family has taken a real hit ever since the the push for second and and more over third wave feminism. I think first wave and even a large portion of second wave somewhere in the middle of second wave is is where it kind of broke from utility and and went on its own course um certainly first wave women deserved equal rights they they deserved equal treatment under the law um they deserved the right to vote but you you saw a deterioration of the family in this pseudo empowerment move and nobody really stopped to ask like what is this going to do to the kids and long term are women as a whole going to be happier or better for it not saying that they didn't have the option to stay home but we have we've created a society where now the expectation and not even the expectation it's the only tangible option uh the best we can hope for for a, a middle income family at this point is for a, maybe a mother or a father, depending on who's the breadwinner, to have them work part-time to kind of fit around the kid's schedule and whatnot. But we have effectively lost the ability to have a stay-at-home parent. Uh, and certainly this has come as a byproduct of, of the utility. We, you don't need a such a significant breadwinner when you can have two breadwinners. Uh, so it kind of stagnated the career drive for the breadwinner as it is. Uh, it also stagnated the need for, for a scaled rate of pay. Uh, naturally, if society would have stayed on that, you would have needed uh, the breadwinner's pay rate to kind of follow versus supplementing it. And and that's that's kind of an erosion that people don't really catch is the impacts on the outside of society that kind of eat away, but, but not in a noticeable way. And then the next, the next real attack on, on the family has to, has to be the, the welfare state. Uh, you notice it a lot uh, pertinent to today's time. You, you look at the nineties and Joe Biden's impact on, it really was the black community to start, but it, it really ended up being, a socioeconomic community. Uh, it, it disproportionately impacted African Americans, but it it really hit the the lower income demographics in, in the states, and it it kind of spilled over to everywhere. We we all kind of adopted this protection parachute, this this welfare system that kind of just creeped along and kept expanding and growing. Um, but specifically, Joe Biden's policies, where they would actually have police check on welfare recipients' accommodations and make sure the father wasn't in the home. And in doing so, they, they would actually give single mothers more welfare just to not have a father in the home. And again, you could say that it was just to support people that really needed it. If they had no father, they had less income coming in. 
And again, this is this is a rosy concept. We should we should help out single mothers. But again, cloaking it with the niceties and morality, you completely miss the actual implications and they effectively incentivized fatherlessness. Um, as somebody who literally lived that system, uh, I was a fatherless child. I, I still have no father. Um, my mother was, I was born into the welfare system. My mother was a drug addict. Um, I, I can kind of speak on this one from authority in the sense that I, I've seen it firsthand. I have relatives that were born into the welfare system strictly on a cash basis. Uh, they, they came in to being knowing that it was going to increase welfare income. And, and that's here in Canada. So it's not just Joe Biden's policies in the States, but on the whole, fatherlessness and, and the breakdown of the family was, was literally incentivized in cash. And it really hasn't gotten, it hasn't slowed down at all. It's, it's actually gotten quite worse. If you look at the current situation around parenting and navigating the intermingling of parenting and the government at this point, uh, you look at the recent bill that passed banning conversion therapy uh, with a penalty of up to five years in jail. And again, it's it's every single time one of these sinister, pervasive things work its way into society, it is every single time under the guise of morality and, and virtue. So when we think of banning conversion therapy, most of us take it to the, that dramatic end. We, we think you're talking electroshock therapy with trying to to scare somebody straight, for example. Uh, and I know for me, that's that's exactly where my mind goes when I, when I think of this. But when you really dig into what the law is and what was proposed in this bill and ultimately accepted, you, you can't help but wonder what the hell is happening. Uh, and, and what it really does is, say your child presents as gay, lesbian, or transgender, it is now illegal, and I mean fully illegal, for a doctor, parent, teacher, or anyone in a position of influence to suggest anything other than affirmation. It is, it is against the law for a licensed clinician to consider other, other inputs that may be manifesting in this way. I'm not saying that if you're that way, it is a phase, it is this, that, or the other. But it is categorically true that sometimes it's a manifestation of other issues, be it mental health or home life. Uh, you, you sometimes see neglect and abuse victims trying to reach out in different ways to get attention or help. And, and again, I'm not trying to demean people that do fit into this subset, but just think that it is, it is illegal to have these conversations with a parent or with a doctor. So you have, how can you possibly 
work in one's best interests if you have an entire section of possibilities just not even allowed to be touched. Uh, I should also explain that that includes pastors, uh, not just parents and clinicians, but but pastors aren't allowed to do this. So if, if your parents are of f- for firm faith, you cannot even have counseling. You cannot do anything at all except affirm. And if you do, it is punishable by, by up to jail. And this is what I mean when if you look at all of the, the clawing away, the family unit is the really what's been targeted. Um, and to what ends, I don't know, but I, I do know that a strong family unit is such a pivotal thing in, in a child's development and ultimately in the development and the sustainability of a society. Uh, it's considered the nuclear family for a reason. I'm not saying it's the only way, and I'm not saying if you live a different life, there's anything wrong with you. But the, the typical versus the atypical society that we live in functions seemingly best around the typical family, uh, and not to the exclusion of the atypical. But where we're at... And you know what? I've said it before. If if you have differing opinions than me, I have more respect for the people that can sit there and say, look, I want to burn the system down because it doesn't run the way I want it to. So if you fit into the subset that isn't in the typical, there's nothing wrong with that. And even if you go as far to say, I hate your system, I think the typical family unit is abhorrent. I want to burn it all. I, I have more respect for you than the quiet undertaking of eroding. So, by all means, I, I don't. I'm not prescribing any viewpoint on it. This is just the system we're in, and we know working within the system, this typically f- raises the the most well-rounded children. And again, I'm not by saying that I'm not implying the absolute opposite is true. There's plenty of atypical couplings that produce wonderful offspring. Um, but moreover, it's... And as well, there's those fundamentally sound atypical parenting situations. They should be just as worried about the erosion of the family unit as well, because it's only a matter of time before it's no longer the nuclear family that's the target. It will be the next stable representation. And then you look at pop culture and where we've got to is in this crazy world. You've got songs like Wet Ass P. Uh, I'm going to try and keep this semi-family friendly. Uh, I'm not going to go quite as bad as Ben Shapiro. I'm, I'm not going to do a monotone recreation of the song. If you stop this right now, go, go listen to Ben Shapiro sing WAP. Hilarious. I'm not going to do that. But you've got songs of just pure degeneracy being 
awarded awards and, and lifted up and played everywhere. Uh, you've got people like Little Nos X, uh, whom I specifically have a massive problem with. I have I have little concern for his sexuality, any of that. That's that's your own business in your own private time. My problem with some somebody like Little Nos X, for example, is you've got somebody who is so obviously counterculture. He, I, I truly think that he invokes the, the satanic imagery just to be provocative. And you know what? It works. And it's sad that it works, but it, it does. But you have somebody like him who specifically curated a, a minor audience, a young audience, with his song Old Town Road, and they pushed that everywhere. It made it far and wide, and I, every kid five and up was singing it. Had you broken it down and listened to the lyrics, you would have to you would have to be crazy to let your kids listen to this. Um, but that in and of itself is is bad, but not representative of a societal impact or or damage. But when you realize that Monero or whatever it is, the, his satanic song, that was filmed, written, and completely post-production was finished before he did Old Town Road. So they knew full well that they were releasing this gay devil stripper video. They knew they were going to release this when they were curating an audience base of children. Furthermore, this video was not flagged or censored or age-restricted on YouTube, and to this day is not. Uh, subsequently, he's released more disgusting, hypersexual videos, and still, they're not censored. And his audience base is still largely children. So you see pop culture kind of just abandoning traditional values and, and glorifying absolute degeneracy. You've got... You're lifting up violence. You're lifting up sexual promiscuity. You're lifting up all of the worst aspects of culture. And, and you're not just glorifying them, but you're, you're putting them on such a pedestal that you've got children wanting to grow up and be this. You've got children that want to grow up and be Cardi B. And <laughs> that literally... I, I, I have trouble processing this. Um, and you pair this, you pair the fact that you're, you're idolizing absolute worst of the worst lifestyle behaviors, whatever, pair that with the fact you've got less parental influence inside the home. You've got less parental time at home. Uh, you've got an increasingly large fatherlessness, single parent lifestyles, and <laughs> Where does this lead us? Where, where will this eventually end up? Uh, we are certainly not raising the next generation of intellectuals or community leaders. Or I certainly hope we aren't, because if we are, it's, it's going to be pretty bleak. Uh, so when you look at it from all of the different aspects, it's hard not to see what's going on. I, I truly look at it all and I think it would be naive to think it, it they're not working in cohort. They may not be planned together, but all of these different factors are 
equaling out to a cumulative impact. And it's one that it's, it's, it's dangerous. It's, I don't see it having a good impact. The best I think we can hope for at this point is to, to watch a solid counter swing. Uh, and I think you are starting to see that, uh, some of the, the younger generations now that have gone through more of the harsh overreach of authority and they're starting to see the impacts of the household. And I, I even think you're, you're seeing a resurgence in traditional values in a sense. Uh, and that certainly could be my echo chamber. Uh, I, I don't have the stats in front of me to verify that. But at least from what I'm seeing is, is you're seeing a, a resurgence in more traditional values. Um, is it going to be enough? Uh, and if it is, will it go too far the other way? And, and that's a valid concern. But I, I think the, the more pertinent question is, is this just symptoms of basically a dying system? Uh, and if it, is is that system being edged along or is it is it an organic death um i i certainly believe that society is very cyclical uh looking back at history you can you can see the the cycles um and it, it's it's constantly happening it's it's ever changing and we're living it uh, the the fact is we really won't know the answer to these questions until it happens but I, I just wanted to explore the case, and I, I truly didn't even get to cover a bunch of what I wanted to talk about. This went from society more to, to culture. And, and they are closely the same, but, but they have nuanced differences. Um, but yeah, it's being aware of it, having conversation, is the first step in trying to, to change it. I, I do see a need for a resurgence of, of traditionalism. And in that sense, I, I mean, men's groups, for example, uh, things like the Lions Club, the Shriners, um, Mensa, groups where traditional minded individuals can, can get together and lift each other up because any, any organized traditionalist views, they're not supported there. You have, many major platforms that uplift erosion of, of traditionalism and degeneracy. And I don't mean to sound prudish. I'm fairly progressive in my, my societal role, but we are losing something that if we don't preserve some of it, the, the cost of not having it is going to be dire. So I see a need to to organize. If, if you share these views, start a weekly shop beer night with, with a few friends and, and just foster that community, that support group and that, that like-mindedness and really support each other in it. And, and yourself, you, you need, it's not just okay to have your views, but you need, you need to feed that part of your soul. Uh, and that could be a men's group at church, even. Um, I, I make no secret of the fact I, I'm a practicing Christian. Um, 
my my men's group is actually looking at doing their their gun license, for example. So find a group of people and and foster that. And and women, if if you're a mother and and you're seeing what I'm why I'm kind of putting down, support your masculine men. If you have a man in your life and encourage that is encourage them to go do something more traditionally masculine get your gun license go with the person you're with be it husband or boyfriend and and just make room for some of these more traditional and and culturally feeding aspects of of life uh cuz it, it has so much more nuance to it it's not just getting your gun license it's now, now we're learning sustenance and, and hunting, gathering, stuff like core fundamental tasks that, that used to be natural to us. And there's something cathartic about getting back in touch with, with these aspects of, of your kind of hidden and, and regressed nature. And that shouldn't be controversial. It shouldn't be controversial or, or weird to say, hey... Men, it's okay to embrace your masculinity. And women, it's okay to embrace your femininity. Uh, and these, they don't have to be exclusive. You, you can certainly do as you please. It, but the point is, we've gotten a society where these things are almost frowned upon. And, and the polar opposites are promoted. So short of conflict, which we all want to avoid, the easiest way is to, to foster the opposite. To, to feed into systems that, that counteract. And the ultimate goal would be finding in-between balance without a tipping of the scale on either side. I, I, it is what it is. This is the hand we're dealt, and it's how, how do we navigate from there. And I say, get your groups. Ladies, have... have women's night, have wine, have Bible study, do something that feeds your soul that isn't necessarily detrimental to the culture. Uh, certainly bar hopping, probably not going to feed a, a, a beneficial aspect of society, but get a small group together, do something that feeds you men, get your guns, shoot some stuff, learn to skin an animal, Get a motorcycle. Do something that feeds your primal side. And it, it's, it really is that simple to, to try and work back to normal, to, to find center. And, and really, to me, that, that would be the goal. I certainly don't want to raise far-right extremist men and, and future children. But I, I want more balance and we're, we're going, we're spinning out of control to the left. And it almost seems like it's on purpose. And that is my sliver of hope. That, I, I see a practical way to attack this problem. And it's, it's as simple as unplug from systems that drain you or damage you. And plug into systems that are healthy. It's, it's really that easy. And it, it's kind of funny that we kind of ended up on this ending because I am recording this very early this week. I Usually I do this on Sundays and I put it out on Monday. 
Uh, this week I'm recording it about a week ahead of time uh, because I'm actually going to do one of those things. I'm, I'm getting a, a license this weekend to do some cool manly stuff. Uh, I'm not going to get too far into that, but do it. And then when you're done, have a beer around the shop with the guys and talk about it. Uh, but till next, next week, I guess from this point, but until next week, take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you and be a light and a central figure, be, be a rock in somebody's life to help them find balance. And in doing so, I hope you find balance. Have a great week, everyone.